0: The following is a CA original, the mighty sound of the South tailgating
1: on Tiger Lane, Tom three at the Liberty bowl, each one a Memphis
0: football tradition. This is the tiger football podcast.
1: Greetings, Memphis football fans. Welcome to this week's edition of the tiger football podcast. Uh, I am Jason Munz. I'm your interim host. Uh, for this week's episode, uh, I am normally the Tiger basketball beat writer, but today I am filling in for the venerable Mark Giannotto. Uh Our columnist couldn't be with us, so I am uh, uh, taking his place temporarily. And um, But as always, uh, I am joined by the Tiger football beat writer, uh, Evan Barnes. Evan, good
0: morning. Good morning, Jason. Appreciate you coming in and returning to the Tigers football podcast. We did a great job last time. So glad to have you back on. And I know you will do a great job uh, filling in our great columnist shoes. So thank you for stepping in today.
1: No, I, I love it. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm a big football fan. I covered football for a long time. I, uh, I, I, I follow it, uh, even though I don't cover it, I still follow it. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 happy to do it. Uh, it's just it's the the it's just hard now that basketball season has started. It's it's hard to find time to join you guys. So, um, uh, but today I was able to do that. Uh, today being Tuesday, right? I, I've kind of yeah. lost track.
0: Yes, as we record this today, it is Tuesday. You know, yeah. I know you have a a big game coming up for Memphis basketball, so we know you're gonna have a lot of time to focus on that. So, thank you for giving us a few minutes to talk some Tigers football and, and chop it with us. And But before we do, Jason, I think we have a, we have an announcement I want to read, if that's okay. Um, yeah. We want, we want to let everybody know about the new sports app that we've launched as a part of our USA Today family. USA Today Sports Plus is the new sports app that puts the fans first. Get the latest scores, stats, and standings, and enjoy interactive experiences with our award-winning sports writers. Download USA Today Sports Plus from the Apple or Google Play sport stores today. USA Today Sports Plus, fan Harder. That was excellent. So I hey, thank you. I want to you know put that out for the people. Definitely check out what we're doing at USA Today Sports Plus. There's some great content with great writers over there. So that's for you guys all to check out. And so let's uh, – what do you say we talk about some Tigers football? Because uh, aloha is the word of the day, I believe.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah. Um it's uh it's Hawaii Bowl or bust for uh, for for Memphis um, right so I mean catch us up why don't you uh, it, we found out yesterday officially yesterday being Monday November 29th we found out officially that Memphis is headed to uh, the Hawaii uh-huh. Bowl and um, and so yeah you why don't you fill us in on all the details all the particulars
0: Sure thing. So basically, you know, we started hearing word on Monday that this was going to happen. Um, we obviously, our columnist, Marginato, heard word on Saturday. That was the likely destination that was being discussed. Um, the players wanted to go to Hawaii. Uh, Asa Martin and Seth Hennigan were talking to them about they would love to go if they were selected. Um, and then Monday we started hearing trickles. I got a, I got a DM from somebody who said, be ready to hear the Hawaii bull. And sure enough, once, you know, the word got out, we were able to confirm. So Memphis, for the first time in program history, will be going to Honolulu to play a Mountain West team to be named later this week, according to the Tigers release. So Memphis will have a chance to take a nice pre-Christmas vacation to the to the island. Um, They'll get a chance to enjoy some good warm weather, uh, probably enjoy some great hospitality um, in one of the most beautiful places in the world. So that's a pretty nice reward for the end of the season, and um, it'll be interesting. I mean, look, the Hawaii Bowl is obviously one that was it was one of the bowls I believe that was canceled last year due to the pandemic. So it'll be good to have that back. Another sign that you know the tourism industry is 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 thriving back there. But for Memphis, I think you know, hey, it's a chance to end the season on a high note. You're six and six. You get a chance to win this game. You'll go to seven and six. Keep that streak of winning seasons alive at eight years that's a pretty good opportunity. And, and Jason, I'm just curious from a, from a big picture perspective, what was it, what would it mean to, to, to win a bowl game, you know, to end a season? Like even if you've had an up and down season, just from your experience, what's it like winning a bowl game to end a season, even if it wasn't the best of seasons?
1: Well, I mean, like you touched on it. It would be, it would, it would mean keeping a number of things, uh, you know, a, a number of um you know, uh, things that you can use in recruiting and, and, and things that you can make yourself feel better about, uh, everything, you know, you could say, uh, it would, it would be the eighth consecutive, uh, uh, winning season. And that's always, you know, that's certainly better than whatever the alternative is. Um, you know, and then, and then it would be another bowl win. I mean, bowl wins haven't been easy to get. Uh, at Memphis despite all of their despite all of their success uh here in in the last decade or so Bull wins haven't been um haven't always uh come easy right i mean they 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 right give us right. give us uh the history of 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 bowl record like the recent bowl record
0: sure memphis is six and eight all-time in bowl wins and last year was the first time in the montgomery bowl that was the first time they had won a bowl game since 2014 when the miami beach ball that double overtime game over byu so right. they haven't had a lot of success in the bowl games but last year obviously They were able to get a win. Ryan Schofield got his first bowl win. Obviously, his first game was at Cotton Bowl. So that ended the year on a really high note. So this is a good chance for Memphis to possibly get a second consecutive bowl win, which if I'm looking at their history here, that has, I believe, has never happened. They have not won two straight bowl games. Um, I'm looking at their schedule. Obviously, 2003 was their first bowl appearance in 32 years. Um, They won in 03, they lost in 04, they won in 05, and then they lost in 07. So there's a chance for a little bit of history. Their first time potentially winning two consecutive bowl games. So that's at stake. Um, But it would be great. I mean, let's be honest. This bowl streak is something that Memphis fans take pride in. They know what it was like just eight years ago, 10 years ago, when this program couldn't even dream of getting to a bowl game. And now they have a chance to win two in a row and, you know, be in one for eight straight years. I mean, that is – impressive and speaks to the strength of this program. So obviously good things to watch for. And um, I would be curious to see kind of how how Memphis gets up for this game. Like, let's be honest, last year's game, they were really inspired to play against um, Florida Atlantic, that they came out blazing in that game. They were ready to go win. Um, I'll be curious to see how they come up for that game because, again, they want to make sure they have a winning record. They want to send out their seniors with the win. I think they'll be really fired up for this game. So it'll be a really good chance to see kind of how this Memphis team can kind of save, salvage this season with on a positive note.
1: Yeah. Well let's let's clear a couple things up here real quick, uh, just for for uh clarity's sake. It would not it would be it would be the first time in Memphis football history that they've had uh bowl victory in back-to-back seasons. It would not be the first time that they've ever had Uh, back-to-back wins in bowl games they they won in 1956 1971 and 2003 Um, Ah. so so it would be the first time in back-to-back years but not the first time they've ever had back-to-back but it would also only be the second time if they win ryan silverfield would become just the second coach in memphis history with multiple bowl wins uh bowl victories joining tommy west so, um, yeah, like there, again, from that, from that standpoint, big picture wise, it's nice. It's something that you can put in the, in the media guide. You can, uh, you can use it out on the, you know, on the recruiting trail and things like that. But at the end of the day, when you look at it, you know, when you go over it with a fine tooth comb and you look at it under the microscope, um, you know, I, I don't know how, I don't know how a win at the Hawaii bowl to finish your season seven and six. I just, I don't know if that totally erases, uh, a lot of the struggles and, 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 you know, issues that came up over the course of the entire season. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's, cer- it certainly, um, gives you a, a chance to, you know, feel better than, like I said, whatever the alternative would be. Uh, but I don't, again, I don't, I don't think that it, uh, Um, will completely, uh, you know, make things make things that much that much better.
0: Sure. Sure. So before we get to that, let's let's revisit how we got here. Let's go back to the Tulane game, which obviously was um, an interesting game. Uh, It was tied 14-14 at halftime on Saturday. And then Memphis just came out and scored on four consecutive possessions to kind of put the game away. Um, We had. I believe we had, yet. Yeah, we had a couple of field goals from David Kemp, who we'll talk about in a second, and then Memphis got two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, Asa Martin with his one-yard touchdown rush, and Eddie Lewis with his highlight-worthy dancing through four defenders, uh, 25-yard touchdown catch, so Memphis was able to come away with a 33-28 victory, so obviously that's great because Memphis was able to in the regular season at 500. And I thought the game was probably their most complete game of the season. I thought the offense looked really efficient. Seth Hennigan threw the ball to uh, connect with eight different receivers. Um, The running game, of course, was not great. That's been a a trend this year. But I thought the offense moved the ball down the field. They scored over 30 points for the first time in five games, which is important. The defense had four takeaways, and, and we got to speak about that. They had three takeaways after halftime. I mean, this defense had four takeaways in the first eight games of the season. They've had the last four games at least two takeaways in each game. They've completely turned around a unit that couldn't get to the quarterback, couldn't create turnovers. Now they've found a way to kind of get that going in November. And that's been a plus to see that, that the defense has really, really played a, little, a lot better. Um, Tulane. Started the game 6-for-6 on third down conversions. I believe they ended the game with 10-of-16, which means they went 4-for-10 to close the game, which is a good sign for a third down defense in Memphis that has not been good. So the defense really picked up its game. And as we mentioned, David Kemp, um, the young man, obviously after the Tulsa game, he was much criticized. He missed a couple field goals. He didn't have his job for the first few games after that. But since the ECU game, we looked this up in the press box, he has made his last eight kicks, I believe. He's made four, field, three field goals, five PATs, and I believe I saw special teams coordinator Charles Bankins tweet this out. He's actually made 11 consecutive kicks going back to the ECU game. So he's found his groove. The freshman obviously struggled, but he has found his groove to end the season, and that's been something that's been fun to watch. So overall... I thought it was one of Memphis's most complete games. I gave them straight A's in my report card. They needed a game like that because obviously if they lost that game, there would be a lot more questions we're having right now on this podcast. So um, clearly, a game people could be proud of. It was senior day. Um, this great senior class, uh, Calvin Austin, Sean Dykes, J.J. Russell, Zay Collins, Jacoby Francis, Tyrez Lindsey, um, Dylan Parham, all these guys who kind of came in and, kept this thing going the last four or five years. They were celebrated and fittingly JJ Russell recovered the onside kick, which I thought was a great way for his last day at the Liberty bowl to go. Um, so overall a, a really good day, really good night. Memphis won six and six are in a bowl game. Um, but let me ask you this, Jason, from again, your experience covering college football, when a team is struggling and you win your last game, how much do you look back and say, well, they did kind of been on this high note or you say there's a lot of issues here that shouldn't have got us to six and six. What do you think, what, what from your experience, how do you look at that situation?
1: Uh, the latter. I mean, uh, as, as, as much, as, as much good as a win. I mean, a win is a win um, for sure. And and Memphis earned the win against Tulane and is, and as good as they looked in certain areas, there were a lot of, areas where that weren't great. Um, you know, you talked about how Tulane finished, uh, four of 10 on third down in the game over their last 14 third down conversion attempts, but they still finished 10 of 16. That's not good. Um, they were also three of four on fourth down Tulane was, uh, that, that's not great either. Um, the Memphis defense allowed 452 yards, of offense, three hundred and five on the ground. Tulane finished the game with six point nine yards per carry. Uh that's that's not great at
0: all. Uh, I should bring up you reminded me of that. Uh Ty J Spears in that game had two hundred sixty four yards and he looked every bit as good as those two hundred sixty four yards indicate. It was not a great day for the run defense, we'll say. Is he a freshman? He's a freshman too, right? Yeah. Freshman. He played last year, but he's a redshirt freshman too. Yeah.
1: And so, and, 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 you know, contrasting that with Memphis on the ground, uh, 1.6 yards per carry uh, 56 total rushing yards. Again, a win is a win, but when you're allowing, you know, uh, 10 of 16 on third down three of four on fourth down, And over 300 yards rushing at home against a two and ten Tulane team, all that has to be you know that that doesn't go away just because you won the game. Um, So it's yeah again you've gotten to six and six you've got a win over Mississippi State, uh, you played UTS UTSa well um, you know there there are things to be proud of but I think overall. Uh, there there's a lot of things that need to be addressed this off season. um but that's that's for later, right? I mean, like the hawaii bowl is 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 front and center. and uh, um, yeah, I mean, you certainly would rather go bowling than not. and and Hawaii is uh, uh, is great for the players and the the staff and everybody associated with the program. i I was not covering uh, Southern Miss football in 2011 when they went to, um, the Hawaii bowl. Mm. Uh, but I was, uh, I was there, I was in, I was with the paper and, and covering, uh, sports, uh, for the paper, just not covering Southern Miss football at that point. Uh, but I remember that was a, like the, the team couldn't have been, like they could, they they would have rather, if, if they couldn't go to, you know, a BCS bowl or whatever, Hawaii is, is like, I mean, and it's no, it's no, it's like, it's obvious, uh, but, you know, Hawaii is a great place to, to go and, and spend a week. And uh, so for that reason, I think, um, you know, the players, the players are getting a nice little reward for, for finishing strong.
0: Yeah. And, and we should bring this up, too. You mentioned the defense. Um, we, we give the defense credit for coming on strong these last four games, but third-down defense was a concern third, these last few games. That was what killed them against ECU, what killed them against Houston. Um, we knew that Tulane was going to run the ball really well, and they were able to run the ball at will. I mean, Tajay Spears basically was running wild out there. And for a minute, you wondered, was he was he going to have a 300-yard game? Like, that was how easy it was. And I believe we looked up, it was the most rushing yards Memphis has given up since the 2019 Cotton Bowl against Penn State. So that was not one of the finest hours for Memphis' rushing defense by far. Um, but I'm looking at some of these numbers here, and we, we, we'll, we can get to the defense in a little bit. But again, when you look at the defense this year, the numbers, you know, They're 92nd in scoring defense, 96th in total defense, 90th in rushing defense. I just looked it up right now. All those numbers are are lower than last year, place-wise. They're lower than last year. So this defense clearly took a step back. We mentioned third downs. They were 125th in third down defense this year, which means opponents converted third downs 48% of the time, which is 125th in the country. They were much better in 2020 i'm looking at this right now just to back it up they were 29th in the country last year opponents converted 36 percent of third downs that percentage jumps up 12 points this year that's not good that's bad Um, yeah opponent first downs in 2020 per game memphis was 89th with 22.7 this year they are tied for 114th with 23.2 um So, again, you're allowing a lot of things with a veteran unit that was supposed to be a strength of this team. And, yes, you could say that maybe the last four games they got better. But when you look at this defense, um, there's some concerns for what's going to happen next year because you're losing quite a bit of veterans on this group. So you're you're hoping that this defense gets better. But a lot of those veterans are gone. You're also hoping – go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. What were you going to say?
1: No, no, I was just gonna say you're also hoping that they finish uh they finish their careers, that they you know, go out respectably in the in the Hawaii Bowl. Um, I don't know if we we I, I wanted to kind of veer back toward the Hawaii bowl real quick and sure. Um you know, we know it's gonna be a Mountain West team. We know we're gonna find out roughly at some point in the next couple of days, um next few days who's who's gonna who Memphis is going to face. Do you have a a sense of like the candidates, like uh who who are the, you know, are are there are who do we think it's gonna be?
0: Sure. So I, I was looking at um obviously Action Sports, who was the first to kind of break the news. I checked their predictions. Uh Brett McMurphy, who's always one of the best at this. He had Memphis facing Nevada. Um, Nevada's eight and four. Um, I looked it up last night. There are seven teams that are bowl eligible in the Mountain West conference. And just so you know, none of them are Hawaii. So don't get your hopes that you're gonna face the, the local squad. Um, so you have San Diego state and Utah state. They're playing in the mountain West championship. My guess is they're not going to go. Probably not have,
1: them,
0: yeah. yeah. So you have air force at nine and three Boise state at seven and five Fresno state, nine and three Wyoming at six and six and then Nevada at eight and four. My guess is it will probably be one of those five teams. Um, yeah. And then that's a, probably what you're looking at. So um, now it would be funny if it, it ends up being Boise state because Memphis is supposed to play Boise state. I believe in 2030, I believe that's what they're con- they they signed a the contract for that, so that could be fun. But I mean, if they get to, if if they face Nevada, that would be interesting in a few ways. So um those are probably the five teams we're looking at that are probably the best candidates to play in this game. Okay, um well, that's good. That's well, good. Not too bad. So, um but going back to what Memphis' stats are, because I want to go back to the offense really quick. Um, the offense has struggled this year at times. We know that you have a freshman quarterback and that's going to be part of the struggles is, Hey, you know, he's learning the college game. He's learning the offense. There are things that are going to happen. I thought that Seth Hennigan, who it was announced after the game was the first Memphis freshman quarterback to have 3000 yards in the season. I would have said, you know, Hey, if you can get to a decent season with him as your quarterback, just because he's a true freshman, you would take that. I thought he played mostly well this season. I don't think there were too many games where he just completely, crapped out, and you can blame him saying, hey, he did not play well, and that cost Memphis the game. Obviously, the game I look at the most is Tulsa. He had two picks in that game, but again, the last pick was on a a 50-50 ball on a potential go-ahead drive for Memphis. Um, I could also, that's probably the one game I looked at, but overall, I thought Setanigan has played fairly well, Um, but the run game. The running game has been a disappointment this year, and you would hope this year was going to be better. It looked that way when they played Arkansas State that they have something going with Brandon Thomas, but Brandon Thomas has not been able to play the last few games due to an undisclosed injury. And if you look at the stats on this season for Memphis's running attack, they're ranked 90th in the country with 137.8 yards per game, which is lower than last year. And if you look at the conference, I believe they are ranked, we're looking right now, they're ranked 10th out of 11 teams in rushing offense. Um, Again, Memphis has called itself running back U because there are currently five running backs from Memphis in the NFL. Has not been the case the last two years. Um, This rushing offense has taken a step backwards. Yesterday, I mean, excuse me, Saturday, as we mentioned, they had under 100 yards per game. They've had five games under 100 yards this season. Five of 12 games they've had less than 100 yards of offense. And I believe that is the same number they had last year, too. They had five games with less than 100 yards rushing. And you have to remember, too, of those five games this year, there should have been a six, but EC against ECU, they crossed 100 yards in overtime on that touchdown run by Rodriguez Clark. So really, in regulation, they've had six games under 100 yards. That is troubling. It's troubling if you're a Memphis fan who is used to seeing this offense be a run heavy offense. And I think that's something you have to be concerned about going forward is, you know, what's going to, what's it going to take for this offense to have that running game again? Because right now Memphis looks like a team that's relying on Seth Hennigan to do his best and do his job. And he's done well. Memphis is ranked in the top 20 in passing offense, but when you're not balanced teams know how to attack you and, that's going to be a concern to watch but yeah, The rushing offense for Memphis, I think it's just been disappointing, but with that said, we got to give some love to Asa Martin these last few games. Uh Asa Martin the in the Tulane game, he single-handedly turned the game around in five plays because and I'm going to read it over because I don't want to get it wrong with the numbers, but this was probably one of the best sequences somebody at Memphis has had this season. Um to end the third to end the third quarter, Asa Martin had a 24-yard catch a 19 yard catch, and I believe a 20 29 yard catch where he was short of the end zone before being knocked out. So three three straight catches for the running for a running back, right? He opens the fourth quarter with a one-yard touchdown to put Memphis ahead 26-21. Then on the kickoff, <laughs> he's back on the field. He forces a fumble that I believe Xavier Collins recovered. That's and then right. Memphis goes and scores the next uh, the, on their next drive. So doesn't, a- he have, doesn't he have the first
1: play of the next series after he forced that fumble? Doesn't he have like a carry or a, a catch, another catch that I could be wrong about that, but I felt like.
0: uh Actually, actually, yes, he he ran the ball. He ran the ball the next two plays. So he actually had touched the ball seven straight times. Right, right, right. <laughs> Good eye With on that.
1: Consecutive Jake. plays.
0: Seven consecutive plays, Asa Martin touched the ball, and in those plays, Memphis scored once, he forced a fumble, and he set up Eddie Lewis's uh, touchdown drive with two carries before that. So give it up for Asa Martin having a great game. And I I kind of asked Ryan Sofield this point blank. I said, where has this guy been all season? I mean, yeah. here's somebody who, um, when we saw him, the probably the play people most remember, he had a fumble against Arkansas State. He did not play for three games, I believe. And then he slowly came back into the offense. But since then, he has scored a touchdown in four straight games. And when we talk about this running game, we talk about this running game that's been struggling. Um, you look at Asa Martin and you're like, where, why hasn't he been used more? When Especially when Brandon Thomas was starting to struggle a little bit. Why haven't they used Asa Martin a little bit more? Because this is the second straight um, end of the season where Asa Martin has really come off strong. And last year you could argue, well, okay, Memphis is figuring things out a little bit. They've started multiple different running backs, but for a second straight year, ASA Martin has come on strong. And you're wondering to yourself, why hasn't he gotten more touches? Cause clearly he makes good things happen. And Memphis has used him. Seth Henning and talked about how much he's, you know, has been, you know, has been an easy target for him to look in the passing game. Um, that's a concern for me too, about where, you know the program is, is can can this program evaluate guys and put guys in the right position now give them credit for doing it late but it's the second time they've done it late with Asa Martin that's a concern for me about hey you know had they done it sooner who knows where this thing would have been
1: yeah so, yeah no I agree uh big big uh, kudos to Asa Martin for uh his contribution especially against Tulane um What would you – if so obviously Memphis is going to try to address – you were talking earlier about the uh, rushing offense and the defense being probably the two most glaring um, areas uh, that need to be addressed this offseason. And and Memphis will do their best to improve in both, uh, undoubtedly. But, you know, it's not easy to fix multiple major problem areas – uh, in one off season, it just, uh, you don't snap your fingers and, and, and things turn around. Is it in your mind is, is one more important than the other? Like if, if it's gotta be one or the other is, 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 is it more important to get back to being a dominant run, uh, rushing offense, or is it more important to, uh, to shore things up defensively? What's your, what, you know, what's, what are your
0: thoughts on that? So historically, and Mark Giannato has always brought this up on our, on our podcast, historically Memphis's defense has, you know, this is kind of what you expect. The defense is going to give up a lot of points. They're going to struggle, but they always usually get takeaways. And that's something that Memphis didn't do well this year until the last four games. Um, So you kind of can say, this is kind of what you expect a little bit from this defense the last five or six years or so. I think the running game has to be the better, the bigger priority, because um, let's assume again, looking ahead, let's assume again, you got Seth Hennigan back next year. You got Dreek Clark, Asa Martin. We're not sure about Brandon Thomas right now, but, you know, at least you have Dreek Clark and Asa Martin. I think Mark Weaver, I think he has another year of eligibility. He'll be back. So you have some running backs who are experienced. And, oh, I forgot. You also have a, a freshman, J.P. Martin, who's got another year under his belt, too. So you have some experience in this running back room. And I believe if Dylan Parham is the only lineman who is gone, graduating, you have four returning linemen. The running game has to be the number one priority this year to fix. Like, you got a quarterback, obviously you got to replace Calvin Austin, but you got to fix this running game. Like, you cannot have a third straight year of running the ball and looking like a team that just can't establish the run. That's yeah. not fair to Seth Hennigan. It's not fair to this program. It's not fair to what this program's legacy really has been the last Few years where the main position that's gotten people drafted is the running back position. So you have to figure out how to fix that. I don't know if it's scheme, I don't know if it's personnel, I don't know if it's commitment. I mean, Dylan Parm talked to us about how they've, you know, tried different drills this off the, uh, during preseason camp to try to get better with that. But something has to be done, and I don't know if if Silver is going to look at some, some some staff changes or whatnot. But that's got to be your number one priority because you cannot have another year where you can't run the ball. It, it it can't happen. It can't. So I think that's the number one priority is you have to figure out how to like pump some life into this running game. Otherwise you're going to look at a, another year where, you know, maybe Seth Hennigan has 3,500 or 4,000 yards, but you can't run the ball and that prevents you from doing what you want. So that's the number one priority for me this off season. Well, what, so
1: what would, uh, I mean, obviously a win, uh, in the Hawaii Bowl, I mean, is there anything that that you're looking for in the Hawaii Bowl that, uh, you know that 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 you think would mean something going forward? I mean, you know, bowl games uh, a lot of times, you know, they're just they just what you see in bowl games don't doesn't always mean very much um you know again you'd rather a win would be big you know it'd be big from just a a big picture standpoint you could say you won a bowl game you could say you won a bowl game in back-to-back years uh for the first time uh ever and so you know all that would be nice but is there anything that you think uh that, that you're looking for that would be of any consequence uh heading into next season
0: I think I would look more for, for players. Um, I want to see kind of what younger guys are going to be able to have an impact because as we mentioned, there's going to be a lot of seniors who are on this, this group. I want to see kind of what younger guys play well, because those are the guys you want to look at and say, all right, you got something here. You got something here. Um, I'll be looking for that. Those are what I'm going to be looking for. Um, Obviously I kind of want to see, you know, again, at this point in the year, you know what your team is going to be. I kind of want to see, you know, how much an will try to establish the runner. Will they just kind of say, if we can't do it, we'll do what we've always done and try to pass the ball around. Um, And I also want to see if the defense can get a couple takeaways. Like if you end the year with five straight games with multiple takeaways, now that can kind of overlook the first eight games where you only had four period. You get two more takeaways in this game. I think that's a good sign for this defense. That's a good sign for this group where things are headed, how they've improved. That's kind of what I'm looking for. So I think, yeah. Establish the run, maybe get the defense, some more takeaways. But what young guys are going to show something that you can say, all right, you got this going. Let's build on this for next year. And so, Smart.
1: I think that's smart. So the game's on uh, Christmas Eve, right? It's like uh, what time's kickoff?
0: Christmas Eve kickoff is 7 p.m. Central. I believe it's 3 p.m. Hawaii time, so it'll be a beautiful sunny day for kickoff. Yeah. Um, it's on ESPN, so, of course, it'll be easy to find. Um Tickets are available now. I believe Memphis posted the link. We posted a link in our in our story about it. So those who are interested, you can check that out. Um, and yeah, I think we'll that'll be a good place for us to wrap up here, Jason. Let's 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 do that. And so we'll obviously have a lot of coverage between now and, and bowl prep at commercialappeal.com. We'll have some uh we'll have some great stories for you. We'll have more information. We'll obviously report who Memphis will be playing. And also keep an eye out as you hear this because the all AAC team. Will drop this week, so we'll see what Memphis Tigers will be honored. Calvin Austin again will likely be honored. J.J. Russell will be honored, I'm sure. We'll see who else gets honored. So that's something to keep an eye on this week. We'll have that at commercialappeal.com. And uh, Jason, you have anything else you want to say?
1: Man, I'm good. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm just ready to uh, uh, have some ha- have some Christmas football. I'm, uh, that's exciting.
0: Hey, aloha and enjoy. Um, Thank you all for listening. Again, stay tuned. We'll have a lot of coverage at CommercialAppeal.com. For Jason Munns, I'm Evan Barnes, and uh, aloha! The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.